This is the Simply Love Jesus podcast where we explore life, faith, through one question. What does it mean to simply love Jesus? My name is Aaron Collier, and I'm the co-host, joined by our host, Caleb Davis. What's up, Caleb? Hey, uh, if you guys love what you hear, if you hear something that just really touches your soul or what, whatever it is, and you just you just are learning and, and growing, and you're just, you, you're just really taking a lot away from this podcast, then we would just be so honored if you would uh, follow us, you'd subscribe to this podcast, share this episode with your friends, it would just really mean a lot to us. You could actually follow our social media for this podcast by searching on Instagram or Twitter using at SLJ Ministries. And you can actually follow me and Aaron personally. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, through at Caleb S. Davis, or you can follow Aaron uh, in the same platforms through at Collier Aaron. And that being said, today we uh, we are in our second episode. So excited! Second episode of the Simply Love Jesus <laughs> episode number two. Dope. Hopefully, we still have some listeners. Yeah. So uh, I hope you guys in, in the let this these we're in part two of this see of this episode called the bestest command. And it, the, in the episode one, we explored a little bit of. Uh, this, this idea of the greatest commandment, which is to love God with all your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And the second piece to that greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so now in this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about that second piece. What, is it, what does it mean to love your neighbor as, as yourself? Uh, so I'm really excited about that. But uh, Aaron, one question for you I forgot to ask you in our last episode is, um, how can I pray for you? Hey, that's a great question. Um, we have some really cool opportunities coming our way um, soon, and so um, there's a few conferences and fun things um, happening, and so you can pray that we are uh, good stewards of that and that the Lord speaks through us, and as we parent, you know, that's a fun thing, but um, as you are faithful to pray for me, what about yourself? Mm. Yeah, well... Yeah, I got I man. I got so much I had to pray for, but um, you know, just specifically, just for my students, uh, specifically, just for that, you know, we would see some students coming to know Jesus, and you know, we're we're getting ready to enter into a season of a really big emphasis on outreach, and my hope is that we can just begin to see some shift in culture towards um, outreach and being invite minded or in, um, having an invite culture in our student ministry and in our church, and uh, those are the big things you could be praying for, and I share with you this before, but man, I'm just, like, I'm in, I'm due for some, like, you ever just go through those seasons where you're just like, God, I just, I hate sin, I hate all of it, just like, cleanse me of my sin, it's just, I just want to be closer to you, I'm just like in that season right now, (laughs) and where I'm just like, I just want to feel like I've been just washed of all unrighteousness, and uh, (laughs) and so uh, definitely pray for that, because I'm in that season of like, I hate sin. Yeah. I love it. You know, all this stuff. Well, I, I I don't know that the tone of how you did it. <laughs> I mean, I think we've all hated it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. And uh, Caleb, I think you should have started the podcast by uh, telling your the one listener that we know of that is listening to us, and that's our moms. Yeah, that's mom. right. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, yeah. Shout out to my mother. Okay. <laughs> at least we have one. Yes, at least we have one. <laughs> uh, at least my mommy supports me. <laughs> hey, she's there for you That's through true. the thick and through the thin. Dude, my mom, um, just uh, 
recently turned 50. Oh, the big five zero. And uh, she still looks like my sister. So um, my mom ages very well. <laughs> Crazy. Well, my wife is about to turn 30. And so mm-hmm. that's exciting. I know, crazy. You guys got to party hard. <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll go to Disney World or something fun. <laughs> yes. Um, dude, I think I'm actually going to Disney this Christmas, so that, that'll be fun. We we are too, if you didn't know this, to our listeners, um, the Colliers, that is myself, my wife, and my daughter, are incredibly huge Disney fans, and then Caleb and his family are incredibly huge Disney fans, yeah, so there's a very You're, big, they, Yeah, uh, there's one thing you gotta know about me is, I love Jesus, I, lo- I simply love Jesus, and my hope is that you will as well, and you will, in these episodes you'll grow to learn what that actually means, um, because there's an entire philosophy, an entire, you know, theology, all of the ologies that you can think of is wrapped up into one question, but there's another thing you need about me is I love, love, love Disney, and um, I personally have that vendetta that believes I'm the world's greatest Disney fan, um, and mainly because my trump card is the fact that my dad used to work for Disney World, and so he helped uh, work in the ride and show department, helped build, build a bunch of the rides, and I was, me and my twin brother were the first people to ride the Winnie the Pooh ride, even before the president himself, so... That's my claim to fame, and um, since which, which is which is a great ride. We did take ride. our daughter on it, and she liked it. Um, personally, I'm a huge fan of Peter Pan. Yes, I think it's one of the greatest rides. Oh my gosh, um, yes! But if you don't if you don't have a fast pass for it, you're out of luck, dude. No, that's the one ride you don't fast pass because you go through the line and you explore the. The 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 bed the bedroom and the darling's bedroom and oh, that's like my favorite part is waiting in line in that ride. Until you have kids, Caleb. Uh, Until you have kids. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, because I'm I'm still a single Pringle, so I I got a bachelor's to the rapture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but I love Disney. I we still have to go on our trip, dude. Like we have to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, we get we need to do it. <laughs> still waiting to hear back. I know. Yeah, and I feel bad because well, they, it's because they've been so busy because um, they actually just recently announced that they're going to be adopting. So. They've oh, been that's so they've cool. been so focused on that and so amazing yeah absolutely amazing it's a great story we'll go we'll go soon we will we will no worries because I got I got, I got the new uh, I got the new leather jacket or not the leather I got the new jean jacket so I found the jacket that I'm gonna use to like mm. get it all signed and stuff um and so yeah I got to get some patches and um and then I got to do some alterations to the jacket because I want to the sleeves so are, amazing the sleeves are too long for me so I gotta I gotta pull up the sleeves a little bit um, get them altered. And then I want to put in some distresses in the jacket as well. So you didn't know that you're actually listening to Caleb's fashion podcast right now, <laughs> uh, as he tells you about everything that he's so excited about. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's Disney. Um, speaking of which, dude, oh my gosh, are you ready for um, all the new movies that are coming out? You got Aladdin and Lion King and all of it. It's gonna be just uh, so good. There's so many great things coming out. I um, I'm gonna have to figure out how to afford all of those movies um, because uh, you know it's uh, Disney brings them out like five at a time. <laughs> it's actually crazy. It's um the the we have the the world's largest IMAX theater literally right behind my office. Wow. I can actually throw a rock and hit it, and it's it's amazing because the movie tickets IMAX 3D only costs sixteen dollars here. 
which is and that is what a nor- that is what a normal co- ticket costs here in Atlanta. No, 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 because that's a, yeah, that's a normal ticket in Atlanta because the IMAX 3D in Atlanta is like twenty five dollars, and I, when I came here, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's so expensive. It's like seventeen dollars." I'm like, "What? That's amazing!" <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's that, awesome. it's absolutely amazing. The normal tickets are twelve dollars. It's great. Um, and, <laughs> well, yeah. well, all day we could talk about Disney and all the amazing things coming out through Disney, but one of the greatest things that we could talk about um, is we're going to continue with our episode two, but before we start episode two, we're going to take a quick brain break and maybe answer some of the questions that you guys have been asking through the first podcast. How's that sound, Caleb? Yeah, sounds good to me. Let's uh, let's go ahead and we'll take a break. We'll come by right back and it's going to be great. All right. All right, guys. Well, welcome back. So glad that we're back and we're continuing this conversation of the bestest command and what we're exploring in the last episode, just catching us up back to speed. If you haven't listened to it, um, I don't know why I keep saying watch and view. I refer to them as viewers and I keep saying that we're watching, but we're anyways. Uh, So... (laughs) <laughs> All right. So when uh, listeners, we've been if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to our last episode. We we've been discussing this idea of the greatest command, and this idea of Jesus said that the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. But the thing is that most people don't know is he is not the first person to say that. He was saying something that everyone already knew, and he was merely reinforcing what other rabbis were teaching at the time. And but when he said that, he was not. He was not, like, making that up. He didn't pull it out of his butt. He literally quoted something, something very ancient and the most fundamental truth in all of Christi- of not only Christianity, but the most fundamental truth in all of Judaism, um, which at the time, you know, Jesus, is, he's Jewish. You know, so everyone, they were Jewish. Um, Christians didn't exist yet because Jesus... Anyways, a whole other conversation. So, um, so what's so interesting is we're exploring because when we talk about this idea of simply love Jesus, and let me kind of break that. Even you know, let me take a quick pause, real here, quick, and let me kind of just break this down of what is simply love Jesus. And I, I just want to break this down to you so that you understand where my personal views are and and how I process Jesus and and Christians and and all that stuff. Um, and it goes something like this. It's it's the idea that I believe that everything should start and revolve around a lifestyle of loving Jesus. I believe every issue that we face, every struggle that we have, every problem boils down to an issue of loving Jesus. And in the same way, those things can be overcome out of a desire to love Jesus more. And all of this desires and stuff is sparked from this one question, which God laid on my heart when I was... Uh, 20, 20 years old, 19 and 20, 20 years old, and he laid this question on my heart one one day when I was sitting in a bench and just had my hand in my face, and he brought this question up to my lips, and I just asked it, and I said, what does it mean to simply love Jesus? And when I asked that question, everything connected for me. 
and it remind and it, 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 it everything that I knew about who Jesus is and, and the love of God and understanding that He gave Himself up for me that all of us Romans three twenty three teaches us that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory all of us are subject to the selfish nature this evil in this world and it lives within us and because of that we fall short of God's amazing glory and how He desires to share that with us and the the only way to make that right was through the penalty of of death and so and and so we can't make that right we had to mm. do these things like sacrifices and all these other things which we can talk about later to make ourselves right with God but we continue to make these things right and tried to continue to do what God asked us to do but we continue to fail because the reality is we needed someone to help us and so God himself came down lived among us and the word became flesh as the Bible teaches and he dwelt among us and he did what we couldn't do and he became the sacrifice for our sins and it says Romans 5 8 that while we were still sinners Christ died for us and the reality is that like while God was the furthest thing from my mind that is when Jesus died for me not when I said I'm sorry not when I said please forgive me but when he was the furthest thing from my mind is when he died I, I think me. Caleb you stop there for a second I think that that verse is so true and I think we often overlook it but while we were yet sinners if you didn't know if you haven't looked in the mirror you're a sinner today typically you are gonna sin um i know i've made mistakes today and sinned in some capacity whether that's talking about someone or whether that's stretching the truth or whether that's something like saying you're gonna do something you didn't do but while you're at sinners we have to remember that christ died for us and though that doesn't justify the sin that we have committed or the sin that has happened Christ died for us like he died for mm. us because he loved us so much and that is hard to grasp at times in our last episode we talked about we went to Israel and uh, uh, my church my staff got to, the staff got to go to Israel our senior pastors absolutely amazing gosh if you live in the Atlanta area and you don't go to Piedmont Church come hang out with us it's amazing but we there's not words to explain the moment that you see the tomb that Jesus like was in after he died. And there's not moments to explain all of these mo these areas that you walk through and you see where the cross was dragged. And it's crazy. And I think you need to not forget, like I think Caleb's bringing a great point up in Romans when it talks, why, while, wow, wool, <laughs> while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so, mm. Caleb, I think that, man, we, we, you could teach a whole podcast on that. We both could because we're both um, teachers of the word. But, man, I think that for a second, I think that as you're processing this podcast, you should write that somewhere and remind yourself that <laughs> though you are a sinner and though you are a sinner, Christ died for you and he loves yeah. you and he cares for you. So Yeah, and it's all of that and the reality that it's just so amazing that – while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And yet, it tells us that when we believe him, that Romans you know, 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And Romans 10.9 and 10 teaches that when I just choose to believe in him and confess that he's Lord, that's all that's required. And he saves me and he liberates me from the selfishness that lives inside of me. And even more so... That when I trust in him and believe in him, Romans 8.39 says that nothing, not, neither height nor depth nor anything in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I just, that is all that came to my mind the moment I asked that question. And in the, in the moment of that sheer just 
excitement and overwhelming love and joy and peace. It just it stirred up in me these longings and desires to just know who God is, to mm. know who He is, know who He is as a not just as a sovereign King who's Lord over my life, but as a person who unconditionally loves me. And so out of this desire to love him and ask this question and wonder who he is and seek him and know him, reading in my word, I have this desire to know who he is as a person and how to show him that I love him. How to show this person who loves me so unconditionally, what can I do to show him that I love him? Like if I were dating someone or married to someone, I would want to know like what can I do to show you that I love you? What can I do to what can I do that makes you feel loved? Like what makes you happy? What makes you feel joy? What makes you feel fulfilled? And when we look in the Bible, wow, God, it's, it's all, it can all be boiled down to this one bestest command to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love yeah. your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, and Caleb, I think I, when I think of uh, Romans, when you talked about Romans 8, um, and you were talking about 38, and uh, the ESC translation says, for I, am sh- for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And um, man, it, it makes me think of the, it's, it's not an old song. I mean, it came out like, I don't know, seven years ago, um, but Chris Tomlin used to used to be my jam i mean it's chris shout out to you i still think you're great um but he wrote the song our god and i think that it is an amazing an amazing picture when it talks about like our god is greater our god is stronger god you are higher than any other our god is healer awesome and power god and uh, it's just so good and so i think those are some things that we can learn as we continue to learn the bestest command um but i know you want to get back to that no, yeah, absolutely. And with this idea of loving Jesus and simply loving Jesus, what it teaches is that, man, in my questioning and asking and longing to know who he is brings me a desire to just know how to show him that I love him. And he teaches us how we can do that by bringing, boiling it down to the, to the bestest command, or at least that's why I call it the bestest command, which is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so what it makes it is so abundantly clear, which we're about to dialogue and get into, is what is it? why does loving God lead to loving people? Why does loving God lead to loving people? And we're going to unpack more about simple love Jesus as we go on. And um, But I want to pause right there in this process of, of simply loving Jesus and speak into that because that command is so clear. And one thing I want to kind of dialogue with back and forth uh, with Aaron is why is it that loving God leads to loving people? And we're, we'll get into the biblical part of it here in a moment, but even just practically, you know, like, like it's so hard because you, you just want to give like the biblical answer for it, but like biologically, you know, like scientifically, like, like physiologically, why is it that loving God leads to loving people? You know, <laughs> I mean, there's so many great ways that you can look at that. Like, I, I think you can overthink it at times, but without getting, without getting too biblical right away, I mean, this is not quoting scripture so um i could do that all day long but i i think about the way that all throughout scripture not quoting a specific verse you see the way that jesus loved people and he taught people it makes me think about the woman that had the bleeding disorder Mm -hmm. um 
it makes me think of her. We actually walked on streets that are similar, um, that are still there. There's a street in a city that just got discovered called Magdala, and there's this beautiful painting, and I'm sure that uh, Caleb will have a blog post where he can post a picture of this for those that want to see it. But it's this painting, and it's about how busy the streets were, and it is just beautifully done. And it's Jesus, and it's you just see this hand, and it's reaching out to Jesus. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem or Israel or Bethlehem, you know that it's crazy. It's still to this day is crazy. And it made me think that in that moment, yeah, you're going to feel pushing. I felt pushing when I was there but Jesus stopped and he felt that someone took power from him and yet he didn't have to stop and but he loved her enough to stop like he loved her in that moment it makes me think of the woman at the well um yes these are biblical answers but also it makes me think about when he was a kid and he just wanted to teach people or how loving he was I think when Jesus mm-hmm built things. I think Jesus probably was the kid that everybody wants to know that knows how to repair or build Ikea furniture, you know, like, mm. hey, who are we inviting over to build this Ikea shelf? Oh, well, let's invite <laughs> Jesus. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't need the instructions. Um, but, man, there's so many examples, Caleb. Mm, yeah. Um, totally off topic for a second. I, have you ever seen The Passion of the Christ? I have. I saw it with my student ministry years and years ago. So fun my fact. student ministry, actually, I, was, I was a student. I was not yeah. leading a student ministry. There you go. So fun fact, I was actually, I've actually never seen The Passion of the Christ. I've only seen like a couple scenes from it. Um, and But I've someone told me about this one scene in The Passion of the Christ, which uh, where it's not in scripture, but it was just an interesting idea to explore the character of Jesus. And he apparently he was doing carpentry and I guess he, like he made a table or something like that. Or was it a chair? Mm-hmm. And uh, people were like, what is this? Oh, it's just a chair. Like, You'll figure it out later. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, don't, I don't know what that scene was, but someone explained it to me, and I'm like, "Oh, that's so fascinating!" <laughs> like, um, so note to self: if you are a Crossroads student, you need to make sure that your student pastor watches it. And if you're a Crossroads family, um, you need to make your student pastor watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I, no. So uh, Crossroads. Sorry, I totally didn't even realize what you were saying. No, I. So the church that I actually work at now is called Westwind Church. Um, oh, and... I'm so bad. No, you're. No, you're yes. I was at I was at Crossroads two years ago. I was at Crossroads, but this year, or as of last year, I moved up to Iowa to work at Westwind Church. But I know what it's you're just, trying to say. It's it's just me missing you here. That's what, that's what it is. He's he's trying to like subconsciously trying to manipulate me to come back. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's always a place. Uh, but anyways, getting back on track, you know what? Uh, what I think of. I, I love relating my relationship with Jesus and bringing it back to like looking I like observing relationships that I've had and picking out how that actually can relate a lot to a relationship with Jesus. Mm, um, that's good. And you know, I think back to like relationships where I've had like um I actually used to never really think like Beauty and the Beast was I mean, I like Beauty and the Beast, I thought it was a good Disney movie, but I wasn't like my top whatever. And um, when that changed for me was, uh, oh, wait, no, no, here's an even better example. Actually, well, uh, that's a good example. I'm, like, tempted to use it just because it's Disney, but I'm going to change examples. So, um, there's one girl that I dated, <laughs> um, one girl that I dated, and I may have dated a couple girls, not a lot, but one girl that I dated, we, uh, I had never seen the show Friends, and 
I ha- I've I, still I, not seen that show. Oh my gosh, have your life changed? Okay, so uh, so this is how this works. Okay, so this is a good example. So uh, I'd never seen the show, and I, my favorite show was How I Met Your Mother. And I mean, I'm not gonna recommend you watch the show, but it was my favorite show. But if you happen to have seen it, like fun stuff. Uh, but so, but I she said like if you love that show, you'll love the show Friends. And I'm like okay, like. I guess so. And, you know, but I loved her. So I wanted to know what she loved. And she quoted it all the time. And she loved it. And so I was like, you know, if I love this, like, I really love this girl. So, like, you know, let's watch the show together. It'll be fun. And then lo and behold, like, within, like, the first episode, I'm like, how have I not been watching this, like, my entire life? Like, it's, like, the greatest show ever. And so now, like, Friends is, like, one of my favorite shows because of my relationship with this girl. Because, like, because I loved her, I wanted to love what she loves. And so that's, I, how I, that's how I felt about the show Lost. Um, I know I that a lot of show, people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know a lot of people hate the ending. So if you're, um, I'm noticing my following on Instagram is depleting right now as I talk about this, <laughs> <laughs> um, because a lot of people don't love the show. But I think there's such hidden messages and meaning, and there's mm. so much context to it. And um, I didn't actually see the movies Harry Potter until I got married. Um, my what? wife. Yeah, I know, right? On our little 18-inch TV. It was a box TV. And we decided one night, uh, being broken our first year of marriage, after trying to watch the scene where Harry is with the spiders in the little cave under the tree thing, we couldn't see it, so I had to get really close and squint my eyes because that's how small the TV was. We decided to go get us a 40-inch TV and just eat rice and noodles for the next month, and we, we did it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, going back to this, I just I think that's how, our, that's how a love for God can lead to a love for people, is it's like that relationship in the sense that I love this person, and I want to love what they love because I love them. And so naturally, like, I now Friends is, like, one of my favorite shows, and I tell people you're missing out on life if you haven't watched it. And so, but because of that, I legitimately love the show now. Why? Well, it, became, it was because of that love that I had for that person that led me that to in the first place. And what we know about Jesus, now that we can kind of insert the biblical even example of that, is, you know, James 4, 8 tells us when, when, I, when we draw near to God, God draws near to us. And when when we grow closer to him, our heart and his heart become closer. And then the closer that we are to God, our hearts with, become one with his hearts. And we share a passion for what he shares a passion for. And God has a passion for people. God has a mission to love people and to use people to bring heaven and earth together when it was separated by sin and he wants to use them and he loves them and he wants them to rule over his creation and steward it well and and for us to have a lot and he didn't give up on them when they made a mistake and when they made things wrong and they separated their relationship and cheated on their relationship with god he didn't give up on them because he loves them and he's passionate about people and when we grow closer to god our passions share the same passions of jesus which is mm. to have a passion for people. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Mm. And so now we kind of come back to this love your neighbor as yourself. And so now we have the, the really tricky part, which is uh, how do you do that? Oh, I just got a text message. <laughs> okay, so, oh my gosh, no, goodness gracious. My friend just randomly, sorry, totally off topic. My friend just randomly texted me. It's a SpongeBob reference. And he said, I'm Dirty Dan. That's it. No context. 
just said I'm Dirty Dan. Like I have no, I have no clue what that means because I don't watch SpongeBob. Oh my gosh! Okay, if you listeners <clears throat> will know what it means, hopefully. But anyway, this is a SpongeBob reference, and it was really funny. Anyways, okay. So, Aaron, what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Practically, um, where does that even start? Begin? Like whatever you know. I mean, I think this started for me when I was in high school, and there were some times I would go and I would study. I was homeschooled, but I would still go That's study. Right. Homeschoolers! <laughs> Unite! Um, uh, but <laughs> and then I would go to, I went to a community college called Holmes Community College, and um, so I would go and study at a Chick-fil-A, and I would notice, and it, there was like a tug in my heart when I'd see someone sitting by themselves. Though I was sitting by myself, I could care less that I was sitting by myself. I would not study at all, Caleb. I would observe that person the entire time because there was a tug of my heart that what were they processing? What were they thinking? And I think it was the Lord softening my heart to say like, hey, there's you have a love for this person that I would call your neighbor that you don't know at all. So what are you going to do and how are you going to love them right now? Um, I think a lot of that happens too when you see a homeless person holding a sign down the street. Um, you just pass them by every single time and you're like, look, I'm not even going to try. Or like, do you like roll down the window? And I'm not suggesting picking up every homeless person, but I am suggesting carrying something with you where you can love them. Like loving your neighbor means loving the people that are around you, not the people that are like you, the people that are different, though the people that are like you are people that you love too. You can love those that don't look like you and don't act like you and may be harsh and weird and uh, annoying and all these different things because deep down we as a human people want to know that someone, something loves us. And so in order, and for when we learn to love our neighbor as ourselves, um, we are showing that others how to not only love each other but to love god because we're being able to show an example of uh christ-like love and what that means is kind of sacrificial sacrificial in the way that you care and pursue and love and desire people Hmm. there you go caleb there's my thoughts yeah yeah that's good as i think as i process through that it's um, a deep question no it is i think well in my processing even through simply love jesus i i think what it looks like to love your neighbor is yourself there's multiple angles to it but one angle i want to process through in a minute is like how do you love the people who are not easy to love um but before I get to that, you know, I think I said it before, but I, I, you know, when my, when I draw near to God, God's draw near, draws near to me. And the more that I love Jesus, the more that I have an authentic desire to love people. Um, you are not authentically loving God if you're not sincerely loving people, but you cannot sincerely love people unless you're authentically loving God. And I think the, the hard part is that people think this idea of loving your neighbor as yourself is supposed to be done in my human power, my human strength. But that strength fails. Like that human strength and that human power will, will grow weary and tired and is incapable 
of producing the glory that God deserves. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to love people in a way that truly brings God honor, you can't, I mean, you can give people, you can love people in your strength. You know, an atheist can love people. An atheist can do a selfless thing for someone. A Muslim, I mean, oh my goodness, Muslims are just like an amazing example of what it means to serve the poor and to give alms. Um, and you can learn so much from them. But I think what separates us as Christians is the perseverance and the willingness to love those who are deemed unlovable. And where I think that comes from, that strength and that power, comes from the ability because God loved us as the unlovable, those who were deserving of judgment and condemnation, God spared and God forgave. And in that, the choice to love Jesus, the power of the Spirit dwells within us and gives us the strength to not lean. And that's kind of like, even in its most basic conception, um, is simply love Jesus is the idea that not my strength, but God's strength. Like, and it's and it's the idea of like, love is costly. Yeah, love is costly. Well, even... Even Jesus, when he when he when is asked, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, when he quotes a different time, someone gets kind of snarky with him and says, "Oh yeah, but who's my neighbor?" Mm-hmm. I don't think they said it like that, but that's how I picture it. <laughs> Just like this witty, sarcastic middle schooler, um, yeah, <laughs> the snooty middle schooler who was like, "Who's my neighbor?" He was. Uh, that's just how I picture it whenever it's asked. And then Jesus responds with, like, one of the most racially charged examples in all of history, <laughs> um, the Good Samaritan. And his idea of this mm. story, this parable of a Jew who was beaten up and left on the side of the road, and the only person who helped him was a Samaritan. And you gotta understand, like, we think racism between, you know, whites and blacks in America is bad. But how many years has that actually been going on for? Like, 400 years Maybe. Let's see. What year are we in? Let's. We're in 2019. So the Civil War was in the 1800s. So that's like 200 years right there, right? Um, so 200 years, and then we'll take it back another hundred or so. I don't, I don't know. It's. It's. I don't know his, historically when the prejudice against you know specifically against African Americans what started, but. For right now, we'll 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 say four hundred years. Does that sound about right? I have no idea, but that sounds like someone will can, correct me in our Twitter. It. Yeah, someone correct me in our Twitter because it's definitely not the right date. But we think that's a long time. But put it into context: the racism between Samaritans and Jews goes back like eight hundred years of deep-seated racism. Jews literally looked at Samaritans like half-breed insects like it if okay if you want a good modern day example um in harry potter um how purebloods would look at half uh, look at muggles and they would look at them like these like these inbred things how jews like purebloods and muggles that's that's like pretty accurate description of the relationship between jews and samaritans and yet uh, the Samaritan is the one who helped the Jew in his time of need. And Jesus 
shows them that the persecuted Samaritan had to love his neighbor. Who's your neighbor? The person that you hate. The person that you despise. You know, you look at Matthew's house and Matthew, the tax collector, and when Jesus is chilling with these tax collectors and these other what's called in the NLT disreputable sinners, which I think is such an interesting way to phrase that. And these Pharisees get all flaming, crazy, burnt fire and brimstone. Like, oh, why aren't you? Why are you hanging out with these sinners? And Jesus responds with, you know, sick people need a doctor. Healthy people don't. And what's so interesting is Jesus showed people that he cared before he showed that he taught them what he cared about. And he was such a beautiful example of loving his neighbor, even the people who didn't who didn't live in a way that honored God, he still lived among them and he loved them and he cared for them and he showed them that he cared and he fellowshiped with them. And he, then he taught them when they actually knew that he, that he cared about them. Um, so that's a long answer to a question like, what does it mean to love my neighbor as myself? But it's, it's, I think it should just come natural. You know, there's a reason anger is not a fruit of the spirit. Um, but patience is, and love is and joy is and being able to look at someone who doesn't agree with you and being able to really just embrace them and show them that you care about them and be their friend and listen to them and care for them and all of that can't happen if you don't first have just an overwhelming love for god and that love for God has to come from a place where you recognize God's unfathomable love for you. His love influences your love for him and overflows his love onto the world. Um, hmm. I think that there's a lot that could be said on this topic. Um, I think there is so much that we have to learn in the Christian community on how to love our neighbor. But also we have to learn this from all perspectives of life and I think the greatest examples of that for those that are believers listening, if you're not a believer listening, man, I hope that you want to fall in love with Jesus. And I I would love to talk to you about that, and Caleb would too. But for those that are believers, I think the greatest way that you can figure out how to love your neighbor is by following and figuring out um, and looking throughout Scripture of when Jesus loved <laughs> his neighbor, which was constantly, and how he taught his disciples to love their neighbor. And so... Um, we could talk all day about it, but what we want you to know at the end of the day is as you truly learn to love your neighbor as yourself, um, as you learn um, the bestest commandment, as we talked about in the last two podcasts, we hope that at the end of the day that you will continue this journey of what it truly understanding what it means to simply love Jesus. And if that isn't simple for you, we hope that we're able to help better paint a picture of that. And um, again, reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter. Um, you can um, DM us and we'll be happy to answer those questions. Or we'd love you to ask questions so that in later podcasts we can help answer them during our brain breaks. Um, Caleb, what other thoughts do you have? I think the biggest thing that I emphasize is, you know, you can be a good person to other people, but that's only going to take you so far. Um, you can use your strength to love others, but that'll only take you so far. I truly believe that. And I think that's pretty well reflected in our country right now. Um, your ability to love others can only take you so far because we're faulty and we have we have selfishness in our life. Even it's so, 
man, it's so hard for me not to go on tangents, but as someone who's a Christian and loves Jesus, man, I do uh, like a really like hard job of knocking on Christians. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's because I have a huge conviction of the current state of the church, but as someone who is a Christian, like, man, I do. I, I mean, even today I went like a three hour rant of just like bashing the current state of Christianity, but, um, and I think there's a big problem where Christianity right now, there's a big top there's My biggest argument that I talk about is the, is the re is right now in America, at least Christians are seen as persecutors and not the persecuted, which is what we're supposed to be seen as. And that's because there's a big top dog mentality. And I get into a whole history lesson on why that is and goes all the way back to Constantine and you know, all this other stuff. But anyways, the, the issue that is there's a lot of people in the church who think that loving God and loving others is a separate concept there's two separate things but they're not they're the same thing and you can't do one without the other you can't authentically love people with the love of god without the love of god in your life <laughs> you can't love people with the love of god without loving god if that makes sense at all <laughs> um <laughs> if you want to love others with the love of god you've got to love god and the only way you're able to love god with the love of god is by loving god <laughs> I mean, man, think about if I say that one five times fast. <laughs> um, and I think I just I that's one piece of like simply love Jesus, and one thing that people that's how if you want to learn what it means to simply love Jesus, that's a big, big component. Everything is about God's strength and relinquishing our strength and our power and our ability, and letting Him be the one who does it. It's letting in the midst of the darkness. It's Focusing on let it loving Jesus and letting Jesus be the one who overcomes your struggles and your problems. And when it comes to yeah. loving others, it's the same exact way with simply love Jesus. It's you. It's you want to love others with the love of God. You've got to love God, and that by loving God is how you will love others with God's love. Not by you putting down your effort because it'll fail you and it'll be faulty because your strength is finite. But God's strength is unlimited and infinite, and His it says, you know, Jesus says, "Come to me, all you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is light." And it's the idea that when I use God's strength, oh man, it's so much easier. Well, I won't say it's easier; it's simpler. It's so much simpler with God's strength because mm -hmm. He's got a He's got a He's got a well that never runs dry. He's got a well that go that that never has a has a has a has a, a a limit it it goes forever it's forever deep and he gives us the endurance to go on forever and i think it's important that we rest in his strength when it means to consistently be patient with the world around us patient with the fake christians around us patient with the intolerant people around us the outrage culture that we live in it requires a lot of patience James one nineteen is such a un miss is such a, a it's a verse that's miss it's forgotten very much, which is to you know be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry. For human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires, and most people are misinformed and uh, they misinterpret that verse because they'll say, "Oh, well, I'm I'm not angry with human anger. It's the wrath of God and God righteous anger is burning in my soul." And that's a load of crap. <laughs> because uh, are you human? Okay, and by being human, 
Um, unless you're God, you have this thing called sin nature in your life. Therefore, 99.9% of the time that you're ever angry is probably human anger. And then people rebuttal that with, oh, well, when Jesus came and flipped tables and whipped people and pushed them out of the temple. But Jesus didn't have sin nature. He was mm. unable to maybe have human anger. He was only righteous God God anger. The only time he was angry was with righteous anger um, because he's God and he didn't have sin nature. But we have a conflicting selfish nature. So 99.9% of the time that you're angry, it's human anger. And if you think you're that 0.1%, you're probably not. And you think mm. the time that it's that 0.1%, it's probably not. So the biggest thing you can do when it comes to loving your neighbor is be patient and don't get angry. Like you'll, you're better off never ever being angry than you are mm -hmm. giving into that anger that one time and risking whether it could actually be righteous anger. Hmm. Well said. Mm. I don't even know how much. Oh man, I don't even think how much time are we running right now? I don't know. Anyways, um. What's some final thoughts for, from you, Aaron, about what it means to love your neighbor as yourself? I mean, I think you said it well. I think there's this topic could go on for a long time, but I think we have to learn how to, um, in order for us to love our neighbor, we have to know how to love ourselves. Mm. And if you don't know how to love yourself, then you won't know how to love your neighbor. That's and a great point, yeah. More importantly, that doesn't mean just like yourself. Like love the things that God created about you. Love who you are, and it's o it's okay to know that like you are a sinful people. Per you are a sinful person that was saved by, and you are saved by the grace and love of Jesus. And uh, so salvation is a free gift that God has given us, and uh, the debt that God paid for us. Uh, man, we we don't deserve the grace we've been given. However, um, it's truly remarkable to know that if we can even learn half of what it means to love our neighbor um, like Jesus loved his neighbor, then, man, um, our world would be a better place. And so a challenge for all of us would be, like, you know, as we go throughout our week, instead of being judgmental and being, um, you know, um, dramatic or being uh, rumor weeds or anything like that where we would learn to control our tongue and that we would be better at listening and loving others well mm. that's uh i can't word it better my i can't word it better myself um and on that note i'm gonna let aaron have that last mic drop and uh, he just gave us a great challenge to think on. So, uh, you know, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. And, you know, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SLJ Ministries. Or you can follow myself at Caleb S. Davis or Aaron at Call Your Aaron. And, uh, man, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we really hope you've learned something. If you've, you've taken this away and you've enjoyed it, you've processed it, you've you're, got your gears turning and they're, they're moving and grooving, uh, let us know about it. Share it with your friends. Friends, share this episode with your friends and let us know we want we want to hear from you we want to connect with you we believe that this podcast and its listeners that we can be a family and this can be an open conversation that we want to talk back and forth about um but man you know my oh my greatest hope is that even if it's in the smallest way possible you learned a little bit about what it means to simply love jesus and so thank you guys so much and uh, we hope you have a great evening peace out